This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. I'm Hayley Alice Roberts and welcome to the penultimate episode of Summer of Sharks. Yeah, we're almost at the end of our odyssey into the choppy waters of the shark movie. And on the other side of this, you can find out exactly which shark movie we're going to be covering this week. And for our ninth in our Summer of Sharks miniseries, we're heading to 2018 for a sci-fi original directed by Jose Montesinos. It's Surrounded. So surely we've got a good synopsis for this movie, but would it be too much to ask that Nick Reganis is going to provide it this week? Well, I think it would be rude not to. I mean, he is the king of shark movie synopsises. So what does Nick have to say about Surrounded, which was originally titled Frenzy, just for our listeners out there? To boost the views of their travel vlog and get better ads and more sponsors, sisters, adventurers Paige and timid Lindsay Lewis head to a protected cove on a remote island. Along with Seb, Kaya and Evan, the friends can't wait to start scuba diving. However, when their small float plane crashes into the ocean, the unfortunate passengers will find themselves stranded in the middle of nowhere in shark-infested waters. Now, a threatening shiver of great white sharks is circling in on them, attracted by the sweet scent of blood. Is there an escape from the feeding frenzy of the ultimate aquatic predators? Well, great synopsis. It's a shame that the movie doesn't really live up to the excitement generated by Nick's synopsis. I... I was left extremely cold by this one, considering I was looking forward to it, from looking at what the movie was going to be like, and from the first kind of seven or eight minutes, where it doesn't hang about, it gets straight into the action. The plane crashes very, very early on. I think after like nine minutes, the plane's gone down. And I kind of thought, well, this is pretty good. Where's it going to go from here? And the answer is, not very many places, unfortunately. It's far too reliant on things like flashbacks. And it's got a set of characters that I just hated from minute one. So I would describe this film as the hallmark of shark movies. So this has so many kind of hallmark traits about it. Many of the cast have appeared in some Christmas hallmark films. So it's kind of similar in the style of acting that you would get in in those um, kind of rom-coms. Uh, that we've explored previously on the podcast. So, you know, to begin with, we the main players, they're vloggers. Now, we could say a lot about influencer culture. It's a very entitled kind of 
I say in quote marks, job, I guess, um, you know, putting your life out there on the internet. I mean, it's their choice. They want to produce this content where they're going to do these dangerous things. It's not really established if they're meant to be professionals at this or whether they're just kind of going out there and doing it just to get money. And, you know, they're expecting their viewers to even pay for these adventures they're going on. Uh, so, yeah, they're all a little bit self-entitled and a bit precious and i'm not here for these characters um basically i've described them as shark fodder because that's what most of them are apart from the main character lindsay who is played by aubrey reynolds so um to begin with we've got lindsay and then we've got her older sister paige who is like the kind of the main person on the channel and there's a bit of rivalry between them sort of a bit of healthy sibling rivalry a bit of jealousy there and then we've got um kaya who is an ex-army um person and she is just completely wasted in this film but we'll get to that in a bit we then have uh seb who is the love interest so he is dating Lindsay, but Paige is very jealous of this fact seb is an absolute idiot and really stupid we'll get onto that in a bit and then of course the final character <laughs> is Evan, who is a cameraman. And again, this is another thing that we have seen in the Hallmark movies, as well as always a cameraman following the main characters about. There's not really much to say about him, unfortunately. He's there for a bit, films them. Yeah, and then he's a goner. None of the characters are particularly likeable or interesting. And it's just kind of the film where it just goes through the motions, really, doesn't it? It's yeah. uh, you're just waiting to the sharks to come and uh, do their thing yeah i mean we've done vlogs and i appreciate the vlog culture but i don't think not to sort of blow our own trumpet but equally i don't think our vlogs come across anywhere near as smugly as these come across as well and the the title that they've chosen for their adventure series of videos the lit life it's like oh really i mean come on and they don't actually pronounce it the lit life. It's in that kind of weird shouty version that vloggers put on. It's kind of lit, lit life. It's like, why do people put that voice on in vlogs? It's like, it's not your own voice. Why does everybody have to talk like this in adventure videos? And after sort of 30 seconds of them doing that, I was just thinking, oh, fuck off. Like, I couldn't wait for the sharks to come. It was like... You have to get through kind of 80 odd minutes of this. And I was thinking like, I'd perfectly have this has a 45 minute video in which everybody dies in three quarters of an hour. And then it gives me more time to go and have a gin or something. Because even a, I mean, it's not, it's not a particularly long movie, but it felt like it went forever. And the flashbacks, the constant bloody flashbacks to a group of people I wasn't bothered about in the first place. Do I care about Seb and Lindsay's romance? No, I fucking don't. They're two utterly bland people just fannying about. And they just, oh, it's like, oh, you know, you should break up because it'll be good for viewers. I mean, that's a Hallmark trait. We have, we've had a Hallmark movie on this podcast before where they'd engineered a breakup between two people. So you're right, it's kind of very Hallmark-esque in what it does. The sisters, like, one of them wanted Seb, the other one's got him, and it's just like, yeah, I could see this coming a mile off, and Seb's such a drip 
as well. He's just coming out with all these homilies about how great Lindsay is and how amazing and like how she's changed his life. It's like you haven't known her for like two seconds and you're coming out with this oh you know I didn't ever think I'd meet somebody like you. Seb you're a chuffing idiot and I was so glad when the shark got him it was like come on shark get this fucking moron. <laughs> How long into this podcast has it been before this rant started? <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those movies. I think if you're just going to put it on and then not really getting on with it, you turn it off. But obviously, if you're reviewing it, you've got to sit through the entire thing. So it's definitely rant-inducing. So uh, what I found a bit kind of fractured about this film is the fact that it's shot as a regular movie with a narrative with vlog segments like inserted in so it kind of does a bit of found footage but then it's like you know a a normal film at the same time which i was like couldn't they decide how they wanted to play it wouldn't it you know could it have just been either through the vlog camera or could it have just been you know a normal movie it did it just seemed a bit jarring that said though the cinematography that is the only thing for me it has like going for it. it again these shark movies have the opportunity to really showcase some beautiful locations and this movie does that the scenery is really really striking but yeah the the flashbacks oh my god they are so forced all their purpose serves is just to bring in some exposition and it feels so unnecessary and it's just like going back to you know all these characters and their dynamics but Again, they're all very, very superficial and it just slows the movie down. It's like, come on, give us some more sharks here. Saying that with the sharks, I'm pretty sure the same shot of the sharks underwater is repeated throughout. Like I'm seeing the same thing time and time again and it just becomes really, really tedious. Yeah, the pacing is really bad, I think. Um, And the acting is really cheesy and cliched. It's just not a good movie. And then... I say there's ridiculous CGI in it as well that just looks so unrealistic. Yeah, I'm just no, not we just didn't get on with this movie at all. It is it is one of the lowest rated shark movies that I think we've possibly covered so far. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think it quite plums the depths of Shark and Soul Women's Prison Massacre, but very few films do. And it's a shame because I mean Jose Montesinos has got an eye for locations and the camera work, as you say, is really striking. And he's made some interesting other movies. Uh, certainly, he's, he's done Five-Headed Shark Attack, which is probably... You can probably guess how serious that is from the title. But he also did a movie that was... It's kind of a shark movie at its core, but it's not really a shark movie. It's called From the Depths. And it's uh, an exploration of one woman's PTS symptoms after she witnesses a shark attack. And it's it's a shark movie with very little shark action in it. And it's quite an interesting treatment of the subject. And I think it's probably more worthy than something like this. I mean, From the Depths doesn't quite work all the way through, but it's interesting to see how somebody who's directed some fairly straight-up shark movies has moved into another slightly weirder bit of territory with that. So I'd say that From the Depths, it won't be for everybody. I mean, some people will just watch it and just thought, what the hell was that about? But... In terms of the canon of shark movies, it's one of the strangest shark movies you're ever going to see. I mean, I'm not sure if that's a recommendation or not. I quite enjoyed it. But back to Surrounded. Yeah, the flashbacks. I mean, they're just filling in details on people that you don't really need a lot of detail filled on. You just know that they're all dicks. 
Evan, the cameraman, he's a complete tool. I mean, Kaya's the only one with any integrity. They try to give her a sort of backstory where they mention the fact that she was in Kandahar and she was pinned down by enemy gunfire and she thought she was going to die. But that's just thrown away. It's just one sequence to give her a bit of backstory that she was a soldier, she was in a bad situation, she got out of it, she's kind of living life day by day now. But they make a fairly big play of this and then just throw it away by having her chucked out of the plot fairly early on. So I really don't know what this movie's getting at, really. The action's not particularly exciting. The acting's okay at best. The script's fairly dire. It's just a load of vloggers being twats for like 85 minutes, which... I could do without, to be perfectly honest. I found that all the characters were disposed of pretty quickly in this as well. So I'm, I'm guessing the aim is obviously to get Lindsay, you know, stranded on her own. Yeah, so uh, first of all, her, the sister Paige gets flung out of the plane window. So she's gone <laughs> at this point in the movie. I will get to the uh, really contrived twist in a bit. <laughs> Then um, we've got Kaya, who I said was probably the most interesting character because they did try to give her a bit of backstory. And then obviously, I suppose there's that like sense of security. Then she's like an ex-soldier. She knows what she's doing. She, she'll be a good support for Lindsay, who is a complete novice at this and has just kind of joined in with um, like following her sister around like a little sheep, basically. But then, yeah, so they dispose of Kaya way too quickly. Before they dispose of her, though, oh, my God, Seb. So Seb thinks he knows best, doesn't listen to anybody and decides to swim over to the island um, that's in the distance to get supplies, even though there's a bloody shark coming. And about six million times he keeps saying, look, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And come on, us horror movie veterans kind of know where that sort of line is going to lead. Um, But it's just really stupid. But it just goes on forever. It just prolongs the sequence. And then he gets taken by the sharks. And then Lindsay is just forcefully screaming her head off instead of getting out of dodge. It's like the sharks, when you've just watched your boyfriend get eaten and you're just floating there screaming instead of trying to save yourself. And I just thought, what a dumb person. Like all of it was really, really dumb and stupid. And then later on, um, we find that the shark is um, sort of eating a half-eaten Evan as well. (laughs) <laughs> and she's just like shouting at the shark oh get away from him get away from him i'm like yeah shouting that the shark's really going to achieve something yeah i think it was difficult because they've got this really uninteresting character they have basically isolated her from obviously the rest of the characters because they're all dead and then it's just she can't really talk to the audience because that would be breaking the fourth wall in any way but there's just stupid dialogue that you just can't get on board with. And there's a film that we're going to be talking about in our next episode that does this whole concept a hell of a lot better. It's it's not like to say that, you know, you can't be inventive when you've just got somebody like stranded out there solo in the open water. But yeah, that was that was the thing. So if you guys listened to um, our previous episodes and heard Darren's rant about the movie Open Water, as soon as like the kind of plot of this got going, I thought, oh God, he's going to hate this. He's going to absolutely hate this because this is about people stranded in open water who are really annoying. 
Yeah, not only are they standing out more, they talk like this all the time. It's like, no, it's, it's that voice. It's like, why? If you're a vlogger or you're any sort of internet personality, I'm not sure where this whole change your voice thing comes from. You can just talk naturally instead of like, we're out in the ocean today. It's uh, it's like, very exciting. It's like, oh God, can I listen to this for an hour or so? But um, yeah, I mean, Seb, it's unfair of me to say that I was desperate for Seb to get eaten, but I was because he's such a plank in this movie and probably a good source of Omega-3 because he's so oily as well. It's like, <laughs> fuck off, Seb. Get, come on, Shark, get him eaten. And it was like, yes, yes, that's Seb gone. I know it's mean, but, you know, that's just how I felt about it. It's, it's how I felt about most of the characters. And the fact that at the very end, they're trying to give you some kind of spiel about how they're heroes they said like they were the next generation of explorers no they weren't <laughs> they're just a bunch of arseholes who got eaten by a shark next next generation of explorers my ass. <laughs> yeah and then that brings me to the ridiculously contrived twist where we find that Paige did not perish from the plane crash she actually did survive she kind of floats up to Lindsay while Lindsay is taking sort of shelter on this um, small island, trying to keep away from the sharks while also trying to kill them. So we get even more exposition about this sibling rivalry that, you know, we, we got the gist of it, got the point of it, but they just had to like go that bit further. So we have more of this bloody love triangle with the plank of wood that is Seb. And basically after all the kind of angst surrounding it, before Paige does actually die for real this time, she's like, "Oh, um, he, I try, I did try it on with him, but he really loved you. He rejected me, and 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 then she's like, I don't believe you, and it's just, yeah, going on. And you've got these like three sharks circling them. So yeah, three sharks in this movie as yeah. well. Three three sharks against one woman essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do get more shark for your book. I mean, you're right though that. Most of the shots of the sharks are repeated over and over again because I'm guessing that the effects budget wasn't that massive. And the CGI is kind of... It's passable when you don't see them up close. I think when you when they start attacking, then you can see the join a little bit. But low-budget movie, can't have a go at the CGI too much. You can have a go at the plot and the acting, though, which are both really ropey. It's very threadbare. I mean... They've padded it out to almost interminable lengths with the fact that they had to throw all the flashbacks in. They had to throw the romantic tension in there. It wasn't necessary. I mean, I was slightly surprised that uh, Paige did die at the end because she's already fallen out of a plane. So I thought, well, if she's going to survive that, it probably will be the two sisters at the end. So I was slightly surprised that they killed her off. But I guess in other ways, because she was kind of coming on to the main girl's boyfriend then, script law means that you kind of have to die after that so to be perfectly honest i really wasn't bothered about any of them i mean i was waiting for a surprise last twist where there'd be another shark and Lindsay wouldn't get out either but no you get this eulogy at the end where she's talking to camera and she's taking over the channel and saying how amazing all these other people were instead of just saying you know what i'm taking over the channel now and let's face it, these people were a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> Definitely. And it's just that cringe-worthy speech where it's like clearly 
how these vloggers tend to operate. It's all, you know, shameless attempts for views and money. There's no way around it. I think I've, I've watched enough vlogs now to know that it's not my in my interest, really. And this kind of just highlighted that type of culture for me. I think the problem with surrounded or frenzy, whatever you want to call it. So it's made for sci-fi. It's low budget. And then sci-fi is, of course, the home of Sharknado, which is low budget, ridiculous, just bonkers fun, where you know it's like so bad it's good. It's in that kind of realm. But it knows what type of movie it wants to be. This movie, I think it's taking itself more seriously than it should be. So where it could have gone down the Sharknado route, it doesn't. It tries to take on a more serious tone and it just doesn't work for it. And it's just the writing's not good. I mean, I, I do appreciate it, it was um, a debut um, feature for um, Graham Winter, the writer. Like, I haven't, I'm not aware of any other of his work, but it just felt too cliched in the dialogue. You kind of knew what was coming and it doesn't really, you know, have that level of suspense this type of movie should. So it just like kind of <laughs> goes down like a lead balloon really. And, yeah, you know, you're rooting for the sharks in the end because the characters are so unlikable. And whether it intended to do that, probably not. But that that's how I felt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with all of that. It does have pretensions to something more serious and a bit more of a sort of thriller vibe. But it just gets sunk by the fact that there's not really much suspense. You don't really have that much investment in any of the characters. And it just keeps stopping to go backwards. And I don't mind things that are non-linear, but this just feels like they're throwing the flashbacks in to pad the running time out, which is never a good idea. Make it shorter. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a 70-minute movie that's got 10, 15 minutes of extraneous dialogue taken out. I'd rather it be tighter and a shorter movie than have to wade through all this oh, woe is me stuff, sibling rivalry, which isn't particularly well played anyway. So, unfortunately, it's it's not one I'm going to go back to. I think the premise had a bit of mileage to it, but it does nothing with it, and it's nothing that you won't have seen before. And I got to the end of it, and I just thought, right, okay, don't have to see that again. <laughs> Definitely, and I think the uh, kind of general consensus of audience scores does echo our sentiments so imdb has given it 2.8 out of 10 which i think is completely fair when i saw that was the rating when i was uh, researching this film before watching it my heart did sink a bit i thought oh no what shit am i gonna have to sit through now but you know we get through it there was there was entertainment value from it in the sense that i was just enjoying the stupidity of it and then it's got a 29% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which, yeah. again, um, yeah, I completely agree with. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a lot in here that's going to excite mainstream audiences. I guess if you're looking for something extremely undemanding, yeah, might float your boat, but there's just so much that's thumpingly average about this movie. It's not even so bad that you can enjoy it on a level that it's terrible. It's reasonably well made, and I think that kind of torpedoes it, because if it was genuinely bad, I would have probably had much more of a laugh with this than I did, because it's just adequate for quite a lot of the time, and then it's below par for some of it, so you end up thinking, 
that was just a waste of my time. And it's a shame, really, because it could have been a bit more. And Jose Monsinos is clearly a decent director because he's done some other stuff which has been pretty good. But I guess you can only work with what you're given. And I don't think he was given a lot. Yeah, and we generally don't know uh, what went on behind the scenes of the project. So it was probably just a job. Maybe his heart wasn't in it, like it could have been in some of his other projects. But yeah, going through the user reviews on IMDb, people are giving it one star, deeming it terrible, garbage, what a waste of time. Netflix should be ashamed. Well, we can't put the blame fully on Netflix. I mean, Netflix has such a vast library content, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm not blaming Netflix, but no, it's not. Netflix have picked it up. I mean, it's not. They can't vet absolutely everything, and not everything on Netflix can be a five star movie. And they're trying to cater for as many people as possible. So to lay the blame at the feet of Netflix is a bit off, really. I mean, it's like you order a DVD from something, and you said, "Oh well, you know, I didn't like this DVD. I hadn't seen it, but I ordered it, and it's rubbish, and I want to send it back." It's like, well, come on, you've got to accept some responsibility for watching it. I mean, we have. So I don't really see that I'm going to be banging down Netflix's door saying, how dare you foist this rubbish onto me? Yeah, I definitely think the kind of hallmark quality of this film didn't help because you know how we feel about that uh, genre of movie on this podcast. But yeah, we watch Surrounded so you don't have to. And there are so many better shark movies out there that you can sink your teeth into. So don't go for this one. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 35 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, check out the rest of our episodes and also give us a follow on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. Next episode, we're going to round off our Summer of Sharks coverage with one last movie. We're going to venture back into those choppy shark infested waters one last time so which movie are we going to be covering well if you want to see a decent movie about a woman stranded in open water then hopefully this movie will be for you this is going to be 2016's the shallow starring blake blight i haven't seen this since i saw it at the cinema so i'm very interested to revisit this one so should be a good episode until then stay safe everybody and we'll see you soon The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean. <laughs>